0: It's time for JT the Brick. How we doing? Baby, I'm great. JT, how are you doing? I'm not a journalist. I'm an opinionated sports talk host. We have a goal. We have ideas. We know exactly what we want to do here. Just win, baby. The Raiders' schedule is brutal. It's a second-place schedule that's front-loaded heavy and back-loaded heavy. The fans of the Raider Nation, sound off like you got a pair. JT the Brick. I'm talking about the notorious ones, the out-of-control fans, the passionate fans. All of you fans are invited to be a part of the show. I'd like you to come in big and come in with a purpose. And that's it. Use the phone like a weapon. Enjoy everything we do, and please always feel welcome to call in and to tweet and to be a part of the show. Fair enough? And now, here's JT the Brick. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Hour number two of the show, JT in Vegas here. Please join me Friday, Cafe Americano. Right there at Caesars Palace, outside deck, unbelievable view. You look up, you see the entire strip. It's brought to you by Modelo, Gorilla Rilla, bobblehead release. Last time we were there, the Raiders won, so we had a great remote there. Come on out and see us. Let's have a good time. Uh, Join me there. We're excited to see you. That's Friday, noon to 2, ahead of the Canelo Triple G fight. How big is that? And We'll be outside of Cafe Americano. It's going to be a great crowd. Very excited. I don't do a tremendous a lot of remotes. I do a remote every time with you know Eric Allen on the at the torch on game day and Sunday at the M. So I'm not a guy who likes to leave the studio and do remotes unless it's brought to you by Modelo. And on Friday, I have a bucket of Modellos with me. And Raiders need this game. I hope the atmosphere is intense. I hope you're excited. Hang out with Rilla. And me and a couple other members of the Black Hole, a number of members. The Modello team will be down there, and it'll kick off a really big weekend. Man, we got a really big weekend in Vegas. I mean, the vision, I've been in Vegas a long, long time, since 96. And now you got a Raider home game. You got Canelo, Triple G on Saturday. I'm going to Nine Inch Nails on Thursday. I mean, there's a concert there's a rock show. We just had Imagine Dragons back-to-back with Motley Crue and Def Leppard and Poison and Joan Jett. If you come to Vegas on the weekend, that doesn't count the pool parties and everything else that's going on. I mean, this place is wild now. Every, every casino property, every nightclub, every pool party, every concert, it's just off the charts, and now you tag it with UNLV football. Uh, you throw in you know, great Raider games. The Aces going for their championship want to make sure that if you feel comfortable talking about the Aces because Mark Davis owns the team and you're passionate about that, you're taking your daughters or your kids to go to games, talk about it on the radio because I'm really hoping that Mark Davis and Larry Delson and the entire team behind the Aces, and remember, Mark Davis bought that, okay? That, that, that team needed to be bought, and he bought it, and he improved the travel. He improved the roster. He improved the coaching. He improved everything to win a ring. And Mark Davis is on the verge of getting a ring here. they got to win. It's not over at any point yet. But uh, good to see the excitement that we're seeing here in Vegas. The game last night was insane. Russell Wilson loses on his return to Seattle. I think that's the biggest story in sports. As we're talking today, it's the biggest story. Nathaniel Hackett, the first-time head coach for the Denver Broncos, getting run out of town. I mean, literally, they're running him out of town in Denver. Buddies on my text messages on the radio and TV in Denver say it is chaos. You don't wish that on anybody, but Raider fans are not rooting for Denver to win anytime soon. So that is a big deal. That is a huge deal. We'll get to that in a second. But the Cowboys are also a big-time story. Former NFL quarterback, Babe Loffenberg, kind enough to join us. Part of the Cowboys great Uh, radio team and we appreciate him coming on babe what's it been like as a former quarterback to see some of this quarterback chaos with russell wilson last night in the injury to Dak? how do you see all this
1: well obviously those are two separate things because russell's still going to get to play next week (laughs) yeah and Dak will not but uh yeah as we as we all know and i was that backup quarterback i was a guy you did not want to have to play uh it's hard to play without your starter in today's nfl
0: yeah, babe, what was it like when you saw Dak go, to the, go through the tunnel and, and run off the field? You could, we, we ended up seeing Mike McCarthy's reaction on the field after the game. You could just tell it just hurt him hard to know what the, what the prognosis was and how everybody's handling it now. You've been on the sideline before when that happens. Did it take the air out of the building or the fact that the Cowboys were down so much, 19-3, to it took maybe a day after that for it to all sink in?
1: Yeah, I think the air was out of the building by the time that happened, and so were most of the fans <laughs> because they, they all made their way for the exits. You know, Sunday night game, everybody had to go to work the next day, and they thought, okay, this one's over. But uh, I knew it was serious, obviously not from a diagnostic standpoint, but Dak's a tough guy. Dak does not take himself out of a game, and it wasn't a situation where he was on the sideline. Uh, after the Cowboys finished the possession and the doctors looked at it and said, mm. hey, we don't think you should go back in. You know, he he just came running off the field. And uh, I, I did see him, Shaq Barrett, uh, had, you know, put the rush on him, got his hands up, hit the thumb. I did see him shaking it after that. And uh, mm. it, it's funny that some people don't really realize, J.T., but when you throw the ball, you're actually, your, your hand pronates and that thumb goes down. That's why you see all the thumbs hitting helmets and all that. That thumb mm. is heading downward, and uh, as he went to follow through on the, on the little screen pass, you know, he got he got that thumb hit, obviously, inadvertently by Shaq Barrett, but, uh, you know, that's always a, an issue, and, and the other part about it is you'd much rather injure a finger because if you think about throwing a football, you've got four fingers on one side. You know, the index finger is the most important because that's how the ball kind of spins off at the end, but you can kind of deal with a jammed finger because you got three other fingers uh, to go along with it on that side, but you know, for a right-handed passer, that that left-handed the left side of the ball. Excuse me. You know, the only thing over there controlling it is the thumb, so that's always a a difficult injury.
0: Dave Loffenberg's our guest, Cowboys radio analyst, former NFL quarterback, Cowboys quarterback. So, you know, I don't I don't knock Jerry and Stephen Jones for not having an elite backup quarterback. The only you know Joe Flacco. Is that I think he played at such a high level, won a Super Bowl. We know what he can do with the Jets, but they're struggling so bad. And then you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, the Niners don't want to do any favors and trade Jimmy Garoppolo in the conference there. So I guess you got got to go with the next man up here. How tough is this situation for the Cowboys? The playbook now still with some problems up front on the offensive line.
1: Well, the good thing is, Cooper Rush has been here, mm-hmm. gosh, four or five years in this offense. He went away to the Giants for a little bit, came back. So he, he's familiar with the offense. And I think it's really difficult. And you mentioned Jimmy G. Even when he was traded from New England to San Francisco, I believe he sat for about five weeks. I know he played those last five games of the year, but, uh, you know, quarterbacks just can't come in and assimilate into an offense that they're not totally familiar with the verbiage so even trading for a guy and now we hear uh, that that may, may be just a four-week injury <laughs> if you were to trade for a guy and give up some of your draft capital by the time that guy is ready to play knows the offense well enough to get out there uh that may be back so i don't i don't see any trade happening and i certainly wouldn't see a, a trade happening for a guy like jimmy garoppolo where it's going to cost you some real capital
0: yeah, it's a tough situation for them to be in. Babe, I want to go back to Russell Wilson last night and that Nate Hackett deciding to kick a sixty-four yard field goal. When you saw that and you see you know what it's like in a town. You're in Dallas, the reaction after a loss, Jerry's on the flagship, Stevens on the flagship. You're in media, you know this, and you played in the league for a while. I mean, I don't remember a coach getting that much heat ever for his first ever loss <laughs> with the new franchise. I mean, they're going crazy in Denver because they didn't give Russell Wilson the ball. I mean, he's the franchise. It's fourth and five. Do you think fourth and five with a struggling offense is harder than kicking a 64 yard field goal? How'd you see that in real time?
1: I, I watch, I was watching the entire game and I was kind of curious just as much as anything, Troy Aikman's a good friend. We were teammates. We've been friends for 30 years. So I kind of just wanted to see how all that operated on Monday night football. Obviously he and Joe Buck have done it together, but, uh, so I, I sat down, hunkered down, watched it, and when when that happened, I, probably like everybody else, was saying, you know, they had three timeouts, why are they not using the timeout here? And then I realized at the end, sort of, what, what they were doing. And, uh, yeah, it didn't make any sense to me, quite honestly. Uh, I believe, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe McManus was one of seven yes. going into that kick from 60-plus. And to say it's not it's not a gimme it is... It was a vast understatement, but I would have liked my odds with Russell Wilson converting fourth and five rather than sending my kicker out there from 64 yards. To me, that, that's, that's a last-ditch resort. Now, if they had come down, completed a ball, got them to the point where they were fourth and five with two seconds left, I would have said, yeah, you got to get them out there and just hope for the best, but it, it didn't make a lot of sense. I kind of feel sorry now for Nathaniel Hackett well, number one, no head mm-hmm. coach should be named Nathaniel. Can we agree on that? <laughs> I would agree with you on that. Uh, Nate, Nate's be, fine Nathaniel. by me. Nathaniel's hard. Yeah, I get yeah, that. But, but he is, he is Nathaniel. And, and as a matter of fact, his father, Paul Hackett, yeah. was at USC when I came out of high school. He was a quarterback coach and offensive coordinator. He recruited me, Paul Hackett, Nate's father. At USC. So I I think that's kind of an interesting little. I'm watching the thing. I'm going, shoot, this guy wasn't even born when I was getting recruited. Uh, Babe uh, Lockenberg, Babe, last
0: one I want to ask you about this game coming up. It's really, it feels like it's such a big game because the Cowboys were once the favorite and now they're an eight point underdog because Joe Burrow is coming into town. Dallas had the opportunity to start off with two home games against. Tom Brady and then the AFC champion. I mean, that doesn't do you many favors there. This is a tough spot, a time for Cowboy fans to rally here. And I think this is a massive game, really important game for both franchises coming in. Does it have that feel to you?
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, And especially with Cooper Rush coming and starting, Mm -hmm. it'll be a second start. He beat Minnesota at Minnesota last year when Dak was injured. And I think everybody's going to walk away from this game going either – just the way the nature of the NFL, right? The nature of fans. And you say, oh, I, I knew Cooper Rush couldn't do it, or we'll be just fine. So uh, we're going to see what happens, right? We've got to play it out. I, I still remember, and I'm sure you do, Trent mm-hmm. Green got hurt in St. Louis, and Dick Vermeil was crying. And yeah. guess what? Here came Kurt Warner. <laughs> <laughs> that's,
0: that's, I was at the speech when Dick Vermeil just got into the hall of fame. We were there for cliff branch and I, it's Dick Vermeil. I think he's a great coach and an unbelievable human being. But if Kurt Warner doesn't step up, you know, maybe the hall of fame doesn't happen. It's incredible how those moments right. happen few and far between babe. Good to talk to you. I hope to do it again and always appreciate your time in our conversations. Thank you. Okay. JT. My pleasure. Thank you. You have a great night. You got it. Babe loffenberg Appreciate him coming in. Uh, color analyst for the Cowboys and, Bobby booked them after the Dak Prescott news. And, again, we cover national football storylines and Raiders storylines as we get back to the phones. All right, let's keep it going. 702-365-9200. Lunar in Vegas. Thanks for holding. You're up next. Go ahead. What's happening? Hey, good news.
1: Raiders are loaded. We're going to win the Super Bowl, but you're going to like the way we're going to get there. You know, you said use the telephone as a weapon. Here I go. Car. Cars. Almost more in one year than Teddy Bridgewater did in his whole career. you got to go get Bridgewater, have a really tough practice, feign an injury to Carr, and we win the Super Bowl. So you're asking for Derek Carr to get
0: injured so Bridgewater can Fake come it. in? Fake it in practice, like on a Tuesday. Are you, this, are, you, are you this ridiculously stupid? Why are you bothering me? I'm doing a big radio show. Why are you acting like an idiot? Mechanics in the. Goodbye. Get off the show, man. I'm not a comedy guy. I don't put dopes on the radio and when a dope idiot slides in we get them off i mean again what was that no one's taken more calls than me in the history of radio i don't know maybe other than mike and the mad dog they they work five hours a day and they did it for 30 years but man i have talked to so many whack jobs and knuckleheads in my life man that's what i do it's not a hard job it's a very easy job the only downside of my job is every once in a while someone slips in and says something stupid and we, we do a quick job of getting him off the air. I don't have a bouncer. Oh, Bobby's not the bouncer. Oh, Bobby, Bobby, get on the mic. You kind of are the bouncer there on the radio there. And Normally, I give you the key to hang up on him once we catch him. But uh, I guess he got through your line of defense there, Bobby, as he wanted to talk about a fake car injury.
2: No, no, no! It's nothing like that. See, now that now that we're all getting a little older, we're not quite as psychotic as we used to be, yes. we're trying to be the kinder, gentler Brookhouse. We're trying to give people a little bit of a helping hand. Yes, we're trying we are. to put them on the radio, let them talk, give them the chance. That's what I get. I screwed up. Yeah. I trusted him.
0: No, you didn't screw up. I mean, you trusted a, you trusted an idiot, and that's what happens every once in a while. You trust an idiot, and something happens. I, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm amazed. The poor guy sat on hold for forty five <laughs> minutes. I mean, usually yeah, we have don't.
0: don't but... Yeah, we had two interviews back to back. When I see people there, I try to get to them unless they have a personal vendetta with me or they're an idiot. We like to put people on the radio. We want to put people on the radio. 702 365 Jay is in Monterey. Imagine how beautiful it is on the Monterey coast today. Hello, Jay. Hey, good afternoon, JT. It is. It's just another bomb, silver and
3: black day on the central coast, 73. Hey, how good? You're living the dream, Jay. You are living the dream. Get this clown out of here. Who is this guy calling to talk on the radio? Flagship. Hey, listen, man. What a bummer way to start the de- start the uh, the season, right? Uh, you know, I'm going to call in and own it just like the gangster did the other day in his uh, undefeated season. But for real, man, I called in and told you the other day uh, that I was really looking for two home wins to start the season. You said no. You were correct. Props worth due. Hey, you know, it's pretty simple what happened. You have 22 pressures, uh, the great Mariucci just, you know, brought up. But mm. – yeah, pressures, but still, these, you know, three picks. D.C. does not is not a pit guy historically. He will course correct, and I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you a little bit, JT, on the on the Renfro pick. I thought that was the, I didn't think that was a bad decision. I just think it was poorly executed. I think it was a good decision. He was trying to be aggressive. If he converts that, it works, we have a different conversation in all likelihood today. But mm-hmm. the other two, if you're gonna if you're gonna error. Aggressive. If you're going to make an error, you're going to make an unforced error. Like I tell my D1 select volleyball savage daughter, make if your unforced errors are going to be there, make them be aggressive. Just throwing long doesn't constitute being aggressive. Mm-hmm. If you're throwing short and you're and you're ending up in six, you got 17 with the with, with nobody between him and the and uh, the goalpost. The same thing with uh, with D Waller. Mm-hmm. You can't miss those. That's 14 points off the board.
0: Well, I, again, I don't think Waller would have scored on that catch. I think they would have tracked him down and tackled him. Uh, but okay. Waller would Waller would have had a big game. The Renfro, the, sure. the interception. I had the problem with Renfro was if he caught that, he was going to run into a wall. There were two True. people converging up to him, so he was going to catch that ball. He wouldn't have dropped it if it hit him in the hit him in the arms, or hit him in the chest. But the problem was he wouldn't have got very far. The Devontae, what, what upset me about the Devontae pick in real time was. Devontae would have caught that ball in traffic. He's just better. He's bigger, stronger. He didn't have a chance to catch it because it was underthrown by a good yard and a half there. So I think Derek wants those throws back. And I think Josh McDaniels is going to, Jay, give him those throws back. I mean, Derek Derek is going to have his revolver loaded going into Allegiant Stadium to throw it another 35, 40 times. And I think home mojo playing in the stadium stadium sight lines winning there before i think i expect derek to come out and have a three touchdown game and to play a cleaner game that he played in los angeles for sure
3: yeah yeah all of that all of that is true and you know let's look like you said true again i look it's hard for me san diego doesn't and i'm gonna stick with san diego yep. that's just what it is san diego doesn't move the needle for me and I know this, I know this man of his family. I don't want to name drop, but I've been in their, owners, in their owner's box, and they're great people. Nothing but good things to say about that family. Um, but, uh, damn, I just forgot. I just missed my point. Um, oh, they're good, man. They're good. That secondary is legit. Adderley, I wanted to draft him. Uh, all those juniors, I don't like the way they play. It left a dirty taste in my mouth watching – uh, Asante's kid, you know, we'll taking yep. time getting off of, off of my Raider's face. That's not cool. i us have Marshawn talk to that kid. But, uh, anyway, those guys are good, bro. They're they are good. good. They are good. And, uh, pre- Fouchers, DC was off, he, he was off his stance when he threw that pick to, uh, mm. when, when old boy, uh, I forget the defender Bryce, Bryce Callahan, he, he made that pick on retro. Yep. So the car, look, Carter missed that throw by what, eight inches? And mm-hmm. Callahan made a good cut on the play. He, he knew he had leverage. He made that pick. It was a bummer. But that's not going to be the problem. Cor- Carr's going to course correct. It's what he does. Got it. It's really our defense, man. Hey, thanks for, for having me on, brother. Yeah, thank you, man. You know, Always dude. good to
0: hear from All you, man. Right. And I appreciate our conversations up in Monterey, man. Love to get a day or a weekend to get up there and play some golf. Love it up there. Again, I, I'm not crazy about Derek. You know, I, I'm not, I don't think this is a trend with Derek. Now, if Derek doesn't have a good game against Kyla Murray – and he loses to Justin Herbert and Kyler Murray, and he doesn't play well, then you know, there's going to be a real sense of urgency on that Nashville trip. And remember, the Titans lost at home to the Giants. The Raiders should have an opportunity to win that game against the Titans there. So we're taking a look at what the Raiders are doing today, looking at some offensive linemen, and quickly to see what's going to happen here. We'll get you an update. Also, Q is all over the moves that the Raiders are making today and who the Raiders are looking at. And, you know, a couple of guys got banged up in that last game. So Dave Ziegler is very busy today. As Vinny Bonsignor reported 48 minutes ago, the Raiders have added center Billy Price to the practice squad, former first-round pick of the Bengals in 2018. First-round pick. And he started 15 games last year for the Giants. Started 15 games at center. So he's clearly available to play. And the offensive line, Kelechi el is here in Vegas to visit. He played with the Raiders from 16 through 18. Hasn't played since injuring both knees in week five of 2020. That happened against the Raiders as a member of the Chiefs. But Kelechi Ossimile had some video of him squatting with a lot of weight. And uh, that is a trending video that everybody's taking a look at there, too. 702-365-9200 out to Los Angeles on the Raiders mobile app. Eddie, thanks for listening. Appreciate it.
2: Good. How do a Good afternoon, JT. Everybody yep. needs to keep this in perspective. Never like to lose against the Chargers. I was there, and and everybody has to realize something. We there's a new coaching staff. It's a new system. There's a lot of new players going on in front of Derek. There's a lot of new things going on with him. So it's gonna, it was gonna it was gonna take a little bit of time. Okay, I have no doubt with in this team and their ability to come to to play and make a long run in the playoffs this year. I mean, what's the sign of a good team? Being able to be in the game and finding a way to almost pull one out. That's what they did. They were right there. They were right. Mm-hmm. You change one play. You, Jacob doesn't slip. He, he could score. That changes the, play, changes the momentum. You know, Derek Carr doesn't underthrow. Uh, uh, Waller in the end zone. That changes it. So this, this this game came down to a few plays, even though with the picks, I get it, but it came down to a few plays. Yeah, it did. And we could, have blown that. we could have blown that team out the water. That defense that everybody was worried about came in and stepped up. So all the greater fans out there, they need to relax, understand this is a 17-game season. That was just one. Last year, we got, blue. we got our asses beat in that stadium, came back and booted them out, not being able to get into the playoffs. So everybody needs to chill and relax. We're going to be all right. McDaniels is going to get this team going. This weekend, we're going to see a much different team. These guys are going to be hungry. They're going to be out there. They're going to have a tip on their shoulder. They're going to have to and, and, hmm. uh, turn out a, re- a much more different per, uh, performance than what they did this weekend. I have no doubt about it. So all the Raiders fans out there, just take a pill pill, wait for this Sunday. They're going to be much happier. And now, as we always do down here, from L.A. to the Bay to Vegas, Raiders!
0: Yeah, I, don't know, I haven't noticed on at least my show a lot of panic here. And I just listen for me. You know, when I take calls from you here, I I don't notice a lot of panic. I don't sense the Raider fans are freaking out. There's two ways of looking at the Raiders now, week by week with the record, which the majority of fans do, or also look at the Raiders as a restructure when it comes to the coaching staff and what they're doing with Dave Ziegler and how they're trying to get this thing right because it wasn't right. It was right at times. Passaccia and Gruden and Mayock combined for 10 wins. They made the playoffs. But this is next level what they're trying to do. They're trying to do something very unique. They're trying to take an organization and structure it so they're great for years to come. Not one every five years, one every 10 years. They take their shot. What they're trying to do is what the Patriots have done. And they've only done one game. They've only done one game. So I I think a lot of Raider fans are pretty sharp and they understand what's happening here. No doubt about it. They understand what's happening here. There's no sense of panic, but there will be a sense of urgency Because I have a sense of urgency. They got to go one and one. It's a very important part of this record here that, you know, the Raiders are either going to go two and three or three and two. That's about it. We had some lunatics saying five and oh, four and one. I I said, you're crazy. Raiders are either going to go two and three or three and two. Anything else other than that is really shocking to me. So that would be one win, one and four or four and one. And they're already 0 and one. So I think the Raiders just want to get a win. Let's get a win here. Let's get a win at home and have a great weekend and then get on the plane to Nashville where we'll have an announcement on what we're doing in Nashville. Uh, Levi Edwards will join us next, a digital reporter for the Raiders, and he's got a lot of good information, and he's at the press conferences, so we'll talk to him about Mick Lombardi, uh, Patrick Graham, and some of the other coaches that were available for the media. And how about what Geno did last night as Denver loses? JT, as we continue on, Salmon Ash Injury Law, because you deserve what's right. Especially when it rains or it's wet on the roads, take it easy. Accidents everywhere. Unfortunately, if you get into one, just go to SalmonashInjuryLaw.com dot com, because you deserve what's right.
4: we had a couple opportunities you know
0: um you know i thought Samo made a great play on the deep one there in the second half to, to tay um you know and tranquil you know we, we maybe put a little more air on the one to tranquil there in the second quarter but um you know uh, like i said give them credit they were they were sticky in coverage a little bit you know and we had some guys that we were trying to get the ball to um, you know and I thought there was a lot of good plays, you know, and, and there was a, you know, Derek was a big reason why we were we had an opportunity to win at the end too. So, um, you know, we're gonna we'll take a look at all three of them and see what we could have done better to to avoid, you know, letting them have an opportunity to touch the football for sure. And Josh McDaniels hasn't been a head coach for a long time. I think he's handling this press conference as well, steady, 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 no negativity. Derek gets him in a position to win. Derrick will be fine. They're rotating offensive linemen in. Live with it. Live with it. That's what they're doing. And they're trying to get everybody the football, even though Devontae touched it a bunch in the first game. Levi Edwards joins us, digital reporter for the Raiders at all practices and press conferences, part of our insider team. And Levi, let's begin with the reaction inside the building from the head coach to the coordinators off a tough loss where the Raiders had an opportunity to win that game late.
4: Yeah, you heard just saying, what's the feeling in the building? And, of course, there's no moral victories, and that's been stressed so many times within the past two days. At the same time, with no moral victories, just as a coaching staff and from a fan-based perspective, you have to be optimistic considering that the Raiders made a lot of mistakes. There's a lot of things that didn't go their way, that they could have done better. And at the end of the day, they were still down six points driving to try to win that game with less than three minutes left so it's very optimistic when you think about it because you have to say to yourselves if we just play a little better if we just do things a little smarter we win a game like that and also on top of that you can't dismiss the fact that the los angeles chargers are in fact a very good football team
0: let's talk about the defense what encouragement did you see from chandler jones really didn't show up big on the stat sheet compared to Max Crosby who had all the pressures and was really close to getting to Justin Herbert, knocked his arm back once. Let's talk about the defensive line, especially the edge rushers. How did you analyze their performances?
4: Well, I saw a lot of reactions just from people on Twitter just about how the defensive line was ineffective because there was no sacks. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. I mean, you want sacks. That is a big stat. For your team but on the other end you look at what they were able to do and how effective they were just in general you see what chandler was able to do and he's really good at at setting the edge and i think you know along with him crosby billings and, and nichols they did a great job of stopping the run uh kelly had a couple of big runs in the first half but when you look at the second half of the game or really just the whole game throughout they did a great job containing Austin Eckler, who was one of their star playmakers. Mm -hmm. So despite whatever they didn't do in terms of getting sacks on the stat sheet, they did a great job stopping the run, uh, and they limited Herbert in the second half as well. So I I really like what I saw from that front.
0: Uh, Levi Edwards joins us. So you wrote in depth about Devontae Adams, and I enjoyed that. I like overcooking. I like getting the ball. It happened with Waller last year in the first game. It happened with Devontae. That's what happens as one football. Derek's going to get comfortable, and he got comfortable early with Devontae, and Devontae wasn't dropping anything. He was picking up big yardage. And he continued to go back to him again. I know there's a panic throughout Raider Nation. Well, what about Hunter? What about Hunter? When's Hunter going to get the ball? or Are they going to run plays to Hollins and other receivers there? That's why I don't go crazy, Levi, in the preseason when we talk about practice squad wide receivers and who's going to be that sixth receiver to make the team. I never cover it. I barely talk about it because that person's not going to have much of an impact unless there's injury. So looking at the tape and talking to Devontae and seeing what he did what excites you about going into this next game with the matchup with Arizona?
4: What really excites me is everything that we've already seen, of course. And you were just talking about the volume that Devontae Adams brought in that first game. And at the end of the game, we asked Devontae what was his thoughts of how many targets he got and you know how much he was used within the game plan. And Devontae was very blunt with his answer. He said, they brought me here to make plays. I'm a high-volume guy. The reason why I'm here on this roster is because I'm a playmaker and they want me to make plays. And that's what he did. And a lot of people can say that Derek Carr had a little bit of tunnel vision. He Mm -hmm. didn't get some of his other receivers as involved as they could have been. But when it came down to it, if you watch the film back, Devontae Adams was getting double, triple covered, and he was still finding ways to get open. I don't know what else you can you can expect, you know, I, and I know there's a lot of guys that were also getting open on their routes, too. But the 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 offense essentially just took what the defense gave them. And when it came down to it, Devontae was finding ways to get open in the first half and he was cooking and Devon and he just kept on getting fed. That's really what it comes down to. There's not really any more to add to it. I mean, what, uh, you, you bring in Devontae Adams to be your star receiver, and you, you can't get mad that he has 10 catches and 141 yards and a touchdown. That's why, he was, that's why he was brought here, to do that, to have those stat lines. So I think he had a great game, and he has great chemistry with Derek Carr, obviously. Uh, that's been well documented. So, uh, I, of course, other receivers – They'll make their plays. They'll do what they have to do to make sure that they get open, continue to get open, and be part of the game plan. And if, if if these teams, if people are concerned about, you know, Adams having so much volume in these games, well, then I would say opposing defenses need to play him a little better. You know, mm-hmm. if, if if he's not getting wide open all the time, then maybe Derek Carr will look at other options. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. Uh, Levi, as we wrap this up, great work. Levi Edwards is our guest, part of our insider team. Uh, We'll wait for the injury report. I'll be in the building Thursday with the coach to talk to him, so I don't want to get in front of these injuries. But obviously there are men in the building, offensive linemen, Raiders trying to figure out what they're going to do on the offensive line. A couple of guys got banged up in that first game there, and that affects the depth of the team. So will you be talking about this later on in the week, asking questions at the press conference about Who's coming in the building? Who are they putting on the practice roster? Who will have an opportunity to play in a reserve role or an emergency role if guys aren't able to play coming up Sunday at Allegiant?
4: Well, I got a little bit into that today, Mm -hmm. actually, with Patrick Graham because uh, Anthony Averett he had an injury and he was put on IR, so he's going to miss a couple of weeks. So I was asking him, what can we expect from the cornerback room to – to do and well, you know who will step up. Whether it'll be a meek or undrafted Sam Webb or one of the guys that are being brought in uh, off waivers, like a you know like javelin or whoever is signed. You know, will the will the cornerback room be ready? And he he seemed very optimistic. Mm-hmm. And he said, that you know, no matter who goes down, somebody's got to step up and they got to be ready because it's the next man up mentality. And every NFL team has to have that next man up mentality. So regardless of what injuries occurred from this past game the cardinals do not care because when it comes down to it you have to play who's in front of you Mm -hmm. and the raiders know that you know the raiders know that you know they're not gonna get pity from anybody because they have injuries because people's hurt and missing games they got to bring up someone who can fill that role and be just as effective and so uh, i'm definitely going to be asking those questions and getting those questions answered throughout the week see how things play out going into arizona
0: We'll look for all your work at Raiders.com. Levi Edwards, Raiders insider, kind enough to join us. I'll see you later on in the week. Thanks for doing this, Levi.
4: See you, J.C. Thank you for having me once again.
0: You got it. Levi Edwards. Picked him because I want to add to our insiders list. We got seven. Last year we had five. We added Harry Ruiz, the Latino voice of the silver and black, and Levi Edwards. Take a look at their overall body of work, what they do, their preparation, what they can add to the show, and I'm thrilled to have them here. It's a big part of what we do. Vinny Bonsignor tomorrow. We have Jason Horowitz, Vic Tafer Paul Gutierrez, Bill Williamson, Chris Matthews from 8 News Now, uh, Kevin Bollinger, and Vince Sapienza, and plus all the other Raider insiders we had. Today we had Steve Mariucci. Yesterday we have Matt Millen. And proud to announce tomorrow, Jim Plunkett. That's what I do. Knock them down. Put them on and let's get them going here. Passionate Raider, appreciate your patience. You're up next on the flagship.
5: Go ahead. Yes, JT. Good afternoon, man. You know, know, it's not like, you know, as I'm sitting at work today, I'm sitting here thinking about the game, and I'm thinking about what everyone's saying about Derek in week one and not to panic this, that, this, that, and this. But, you know, JT, it's not a panic button. It's just a concern when you see the same things carry over from the previous year into the, into the new year with week one. We understand it's week one, JT, but to go out there like you did and put up your worst career game that you've ever had with, your, with the tool that you've been given and just the way I thought the way he went and tried to utilize Devontae Adams was just a tunnel vision then, and it was kind of disrespectful to the rest of the team because rewatching the game again last night, JT, if he would not have been looking one way, there could have been plays made. Yes, and then we always got to hear, JT, is, but the Chargers are a good team. But the Chargers are a good team. Who can, So are we. The Raiders are a good team. So why do we still feel like we're have like we looking up to the Chargers? We shouldn't have to feel like that, JT. And with the quarterback in year nine, year nine, doing the mistakes that he made, we cannot have that, JT. And it was a division game. It wasn't just an outside night. If it would have been the Cardinals week one. Okay, it still would have sucked, but it wasn't in the division, man. And to go out like that and do what you did against the divisional opponent week one, it does put a lot of concern in Raider Nation. Mm-hmm. And, and just to say, you know, like, what well, Derek owned up to it, so we'll move on to next week, JT. It's not that easy no more, man. The owning up, and the talking, that's why you guys think I'm crazy when I say talking. The talking has to stop and put it on the field, man. Let's get this week, man. Let's try to focus this week. We, we know D. Adams is out there. We know you want to use him. We know, but you also did lead him into a pass on Sunday where he got his clock cleaned. We, can, we don't have to overuse him because we have plenty of other weapons to get the ball to, man. There's no reason you miss Darren Waller. Wide open on a touchdown, man. You can't let that happen, JT, in this division, man. Have a good day. Thanks for taking my call. Yep, but I gotcha. am upset about week one, man. I really yeah. am upset because that's not what we signed yeah. up for and what we thought we was going to witness, man. Yeah, now, you should be upset.
0: Thanks. That, that's why we're here for everybody. We have a radio station for that. A flagship. I get upset. You know, I've been doing this a while. I think, um, you know, I my head pops every couple of shows when I see something. It, it's not there now. I'm not boiling over. I'm not freaking out. I'm pretty calm. I think to start the season. You've been listening to me for 20 plus years. There's been a lot of, a lot of shows where I'm off the rails because I'm concerned. I'm not very concerned now. I'm not. I didn't say concerned yet. I'm not concerned. I, I've been around the team. A lot, and I I think I know the structure of where they're going, and I like what I'm seeing coming off the playoff year. And they lost to a very good team in the division, and the world did not come to an end. And I also have a national show, and I see the world coming to an end. In Denver today, in Dallas, with the injury to Dak, the Jets are a mess in the number one media market, right? You go around the league, Cincinnati, four interceptions for Josh Burrow. They lose to their rival, the Steelers. There are a lot more fan bases around the country triggered. I mean, look at the way the Packers played. I mean, the do you see the Packers game the way Aaron Rodgers played? I mean, we don't have that type of radio all week where everybody's going, oh, my God, this is the worst game of all time, even though the Raiders got beat badly in the turnover battle, which is a concern, and that's what Josh has preached. What Coach has preached is cut down on the penalties, which they have. Preseason counts, that counts, penalties, cleaning up the penalties, cleaning them up, and then try to win games and not lose games. And the Raiders lost that game because of the interceptions. If the Raiders don't have three interceptions in that game, they have a much better chance to win. And that hopefully won't happen against Arizona. Tommy White, one of our partners here from the 872 Laborers, tell us about the stadium. He built it with all those construction workers on time, on budget and look at the events that are happening now it truly is amazing our partner with the 872 laborers tommy white can't wait to talk to him and your calls if you want to get through late 702-365-9200 as we're brought to you by remy martin with the botanist gin team up for excellence
3: You know, the guys went out there, they fought, played pretty hard, you know, the Chargers, they got a really good team. Uh, they made more plays than us, you know, and you know, I got, I was proud of the way we fought at the end, just didn't make enough plays and you know, have to improve some techniques here and there and you know, we'll get back to work tomorrow. And well, we got back to work yesterday, just watching the tape and learn from that. So, you know, I take it as a learning uh, a lesson in terms of, you know, how we got to execute the game plan you know, just, just to, a chance to improve, and that normally happens whether you win or lose on opening day.
0: That's Patrick Graham, the defensive coordinator of the Raiders. JT, back with you, brought to you by Labor's Union 872. What a proud partner they have is Tommy White. Kind enough to join us. Tommy, uh, no sense of urgency just yet. Panic for the Raiders, who lost a tight one in Los Angeles. They need to open up the stadium again with a win. How you feeling heading into the game?
6: You know, JT, after watching uh, last week's game, I was, like, hoping that they were going to take, you know, take Carr out, put in a different quarterback. Um, how many years are we going to go through this at the beginning of the season where the Raiders win all the preseason games and then they start off uh, and they, they do something like this? But, listen, you listen to these coaches, and the coaches are like, we played a great game. We did this. They did not play a great game. You know, somebody needs to sit down and just tell them, straight up, you didn't play a great game, you didn't make us look good, now we need to go out there this Sunday and we need to look better than we have looked in the past. Or start putting some of those new players in. Those new players are eager, they're aggressive, and and they want to work for it.
0: Tommy White joins us. (laughs) So so, yeah, Tommy, it's fair. I mean, look, the Raiders were down 17-3 at the half. They had a spirited comeback at the end of the game. They got the ball back with an opportunity to win the game, and they didn't win. And a lot of your Fellow teammates at 872 went to that game. I know we talked about it. They go to Los Angeles, and they were there. So the Raider Nation put up a fight in that game. I'm not concerned long-term, but I really think they need to bounce back. They won their last two home openers, beating Drew Brees and Lamar Jackson. Now they get Kyla Murray, and they can't let this kid run crazy outside the pocket and extend the play because he's got an arm. He can make big throws downfield.
6: No, they. Got, you know, listen, if Carr has anything in him, he's got to show it this Sunday. Um, you know, I know a lot of Raiders fans, you know, they, you know, they, they're, you know, give carr a chance, give car a chance. And, and listen, I, I, I believe we really have given him a chance. We've been through three different coaches with him, four different coaches with him, I believe. Um, and, and now, and you know, we need the Raiders to open up this Sunday and just no BS, just come mm-hmm. out as the Raiders should come out and win this game and win it big to show the fans that they're going to fight for the rest of the season.
0: Wow. Tommy White bringing it. 872 uh, here. Hey, I really appreciated my wife and I when we stopped by your suite and I want from Otley Crue and Def Leppard and Poison. And I wanted to share with everybody that I was so impressed when I came in there to see you with family and friends. I knew that. But you had pictures in the suite which was such a beautiful touch of all the construction workers who helped build the Legion stadium, you and Mark Davis, and you had your own pictures framed in the suite there. I thought that was a really nice touch because how important the stadium is and how you want to entertain the people who helped build the stadium with you.
6: Yeah. You know, the, we, we have a lot of contractors, you know, the, uh, you know, half of that suite is, is owned by the contractors and, Mm. um, you know, the contractors, they go up there and they get to see how much effort and how much time, you know, the workers put into building that stadium. And they get to see that the laborers union is 110% behind the Raiders coming here. And, um, you know, I was very fortunate when on the day that I um, I did the ribbon cutting. Uh, my daughters kind of snuck up in there and they put all those pictures up in there. And, mm-hmm. um, and they stayed there. And I, I think we're actually one of the few suites that has those 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 types of pitches in it, and um, it's just great, you know. You know when you have you know members stop by and uh, you know they see those pitches, it, it just makes them feel that they they know they were a big part of building that stadium.
0: Who won the night? Poison, Def Leppard, or Motley Crue? Who won the night? Who walks away with the best performance of the night?
6: Uh, I would say I would probably say Def Leppard, but mm-hmm. you know you, you gotta you gotta give Joan Jett a lot of credit. <laughs> yeah, you know I mean. Joan Jet did a great job and um you know I, coming up with you know, listening to Joan Jett and Motley Crue and I mean I, I was at concerts back when I was nineteen, twenty years old watching Motley Crue and Joan Jett and um mm-hmm. and just to see them out there again. Um I, I would give it I would probably give it to Def Leppard.
0: Nicely said. I would agree with you. Thanks again for the invite. We'll continue to have you on the radio. Thanks for the partnerships and everything that Local 872 does. You're a proud partner, and we greatly appreciate the business with you.
6: Thank you, JT. I just want to thank all the members out there that worked really hard to get the Raiders here. And the Raiders really really need to show this community and all the Raider Nation fans that they can pull this off. That was just a bad day.
0: Thanks, Tommy. Appreciate it. Yeah, look at that. Thank you, Tommy. All the best. Have a good one. Wow, Tommy comes in hard. I mean, I'm not messing with him. I mean, he has got he's a big guy in this town. He comes in big. Go win the game. That was like a caller calling in saying, hey, by the way, go win the game. Yeah, I think the Raiders will win the game. I wanted the Raiders to win the game against the Chargers. They didn't. This is a the game they have to have. And how about the Broncos missing a 64 yard to end the game and lose to Seattle 17-16? to I'm still talking about that tonight on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM 82 from 6 to 9 p.m. So that's it. Hope you enjoyed the show. We had a big one today. Thanks, Bobby. As always, Q is coming up with always a big show, big lineup, and big insight on what the writers did in the building today. Who are they bringing in to look at to try to help out the depth of the roster? See you back here tomorrow. Hey, remember, everybody, Friday, Cafe Americano at Caesars, outside on the patio, brought to you by Modelo. Try to make it out there and join me if you can. Thank you.